0: Production of the TO Network. This is Laser Knees number 76. If you meet Lupin, kill Lupin. I'm Aleph.
1: And I'm Sono. And this is the Sentai Lupin Ranger versus Police Sentai Pot Ranger episode 33, We're the Kid Phantom Thieves, and episode 34, The Legendary Gun. Our writer for both episodes was Komura Junko. Our director for both was Kato Hiroyuki. And I also want to give a nod to the voice actor for Cerbero, who's the uh, 34's gangler. Uh, because he is voiced by the great and prolific Tetsu Inada, who would be best known within our community, our audience, as the voice of Doggy Kruger. Oh. Um, but otherwise, you know, wildly prolific voice actor of many characters, several of which are also man-dogs. Really? Yeah, um, we were just talking about Bleach earlier. You know, there's a big dog mm. guy in Bleach. Uh, voiced, by Te- voiced in the anime by Tetsu Inada. I don't know. I know there's another one, but I don't remember what it is offhand. But he also voices. I don't know if Ifrit is dog like in the Tales of games. Uh, I know Ifrit can sometimes be represented very dog like, but he also voices Ifrit in the Tales games. He's, he's all over the place, though. He's god. He does tons of voices every year. But well, good for him. Keep him busy. Yeah, but he does. Voice. He does love his role as Doggy Kruger to the point where you know, ten years after was his idea. <laughs> so it it was very sweet of them to give a nod by having Cerberus refer to himself as Hell's watchdog. Which yeah, I thought know, yeah, Doggy Kruger was the watchdog of Hell.
0: Yep, I I know we're talking about a completely different Sentai at the moment, but. Man, Doggy Kruger is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, he is, and you know, it's it was just nice seeing them give this, you know, beloved member of Sentai, this beloved voice of a very beloved Sentai character. Um, just a little nod in yeah, absolutely. as he comes back to to do, and and I mean, Doggy isn't his only Tokusatsu role, but it's the big one.
0: Well, I just, I like that we've had him come back in kind of a, a reference part, and we also had uh, Doggy Kruger's suit actor in Q-Ranger last year. Oh, that's true. So, Doggy's having kind of a renaissance, did not he?
1: He lives on forever, in our hearts, and in our, and in our Sentai.
0: Which, yeah, it's a good place for him. Uh, now then, we'll just get into our overview, where we just sort of go on about our thoughts about these episodes, and... If we got a message out of them. Um, I I didn't get a message so much this week, but I did have some thoughts because the big thing in these episodes, particularly in 34 for me, uh, was just the question of what is the future like for the Lupins? Or more specifically, after 34, what is the future like for Kairi? Because not for nothing. But after seeing some incredibly righteous moments near the start of the show, you know, like the bit where he shoves Keiichiro through a wall and then through a floor and, like, is fighting him while asking, Who even cares about your idea of justice? I mean, that, look, not for nothing, that bit was awesome. But he's kind of taken a back seat as far as focus episodes go. Um, and I, I, look, I don't really have a problem with that because the focus episodes we've had have really. Made me love almost all of the rest of the cast. Sorry, Safia, Also not sorry. Um, but now that they've actually introduced a kind of tension, but not really into the story, uh, that I can appreciate, I'm I'm getting really excited. Because for all there is technically a question as to whether or not Zamigo's heedless murders are going to be undone and amends restored by the end of the story, you know, when they bring the Lupin collection together and make the miracle happen, I mean, and it seems very likely that it is going to happen that way, because Super Sentai is a franchise which supports those kinds of fairy tale endings. Um, Though, as I say that, what if this was the one series where the message was sometimes you just got to deal with arbitrary death and horror that come your way? That would be really messed up, right? That'd be the one where, like, Tashiki in a way just stands up and salutes, and Yasuko Kobayashi's back here just quietly applauding. It'd be great. Anyway, but uh, the happy ending. let's I'm going to operate on the assumption that that's going to happen because I mean I, I feel like it's not really a question as to whether or not that's going to happen, you know, but what happens after that, right? after they get what they want, what do our Lupins do? because it's it's not a thing I've really been thinking about up till now because I've been very engaged in the story of the of them getting to that point where the Lupins and also Noel, I guess restore their loved ones, and, and hopefully everyone else's as well, because it, it's been kind of nebulous as to how that works. Because honestly, the way they talked is like, we're just going to get our people back, and doesn't seem a very Sentai thing to do, but you know we'll see. But in 34, we're given some foreshadowing that we may well have Lupin's heir on our hands, which means that after our teams work together to defeat Zamigo and Degraño and try to defeat Ghosh, who will, like, run away and live on to menace this Sentai world forever, because she's gauche and we love her, we do have a new dramatic question to consider. Will Kairi return to his normal life of being an aimless youth with a chip on his shoulder? Who is also able to retain his connection to Umika and Toma, frankly, have better things to do with their lives than be a thief, just as he does, and and they can try and find their way in the normal workaday world together. Or will he append his legacy to that of a legend and embrace his criminal tendencies? Will he keep running into the Pat Rangers and be relieved that he no longer has to pretend around them as Kairi? Or will he spend the rest of his career with K-chan and the crew hounding him as the new Lupin? It's, It's a question to which there is no obvious answer at the moment, because both of them, if I'm being honest... Would be very satisfying in a fairy tale kind of way, because even if Kyrie spends the rest of his life trying to be a good law-abiding person in his brother's image, he'll still be the guy who spent some time as the super antihero who's seen death and shot it in the face because you know that's what that's the kind of superhero he is at the same time. if he runs off to work at the Lupin estate, yes, he'll be cutting himself off from many of his friends in pursuit of a destiny that demands. That he create a hole in himself that he'll never quite be able to fill because once you fill that hole entirely there's no more thrill and thus no more lupin they're they're setting up a dramatic question here whose answer will say a lot about the rest of the show, and whose answer is not really certain, and whose and the answer to which I I could see going a thousand different ways and in a franchise that's been around as long as Super Sentai that's quite a feat because frankly they've put many many questions in front of us and most of them have either had a, a very simple like yes of course answer or the answer is not really one that matters or is interesting but here we have one we have we have the final the Question of the show. I keep saying question. I'm very sorry, but the final choice of the show is who is Kyrie gonna be once he's done with this part of his life, and I don't know what that's gonna lead to. And that's kind of exciting. It is. I'm impressed. I
1: mean, I'm not. I'm gonna just spin out on this because it's it's oh, an yeah, interesting no. idea. Because I don't think Kyrie really has to be one or the other. Because true. Lupin, th- I've, I haven't i have watched a lot of Lupin the Third, but as much as I've watched, Lupin, as a person and as a show, seems to kind of fly in the face of, you can't go home. Because if Lupin wants to go home, he will. He's always got a favor to call in, he always has an old friend to drop in on, he may be a thief, but he's well-loved by everyone who knows him, even to the point of Zenigata, whose entire existence revolves around catching him
0: okay i'm very sorry to interrupt did you see like no i know you saw the end of the most recent season yes i will arrest his heart god come on now that was good
1: Zenigata. So gotta please there are people in the room but like even if the lupin whose collection we're currently gathering was somewhat more isolated i could see Kyrie stepping into being a more vibrant more Part 5-esque Lupin, who, you know, teases his adversaries on social media and briefly kidnaps a lady so that people won't think she was knowingly harboring a criminal and therefore destroy her business. I could see Kyrie being the Lupin who calls in a favor from his far-flung old friends, asking the famous French chef for an invite to a gala so he can scope out something cool to steal. Or asking his trend savvy social butterfly of an ex Fujiko for the latest trends or what everyone's talking about, so he can figure out you know what heist would get the most attention. And if he's in a really tight spot, he could always call Noelle in to be his combination Jigen Goemon, so that he can get the job done. Like the the Lupin the Lupin the Third that we know and that we see the show ve- leaning very heavy into emulating, is is the furthest from a lone wolf. And I'd love to see Kyrie choose this path and be the slightly less-than-noble thief hero that's beloved by a fascinated populace and quietly assisted by some old treasured partners and chased by a detective who secretly considers him a dear friend.
0: Man, I gotta say, that is an ideal endgame. like that plan Xenagata wants to arrest his heart he does and then he wants him to pay his debt to society and then he wants to buy him a drink I know that this isn't our Lupin a a Lupin the third podcast because we don't have time to do one of those but dear listener we could
1: we could believe believe me we both really love Lupin
0: and it would honestly though every episode would just be and did you see that thing that was great I think that'd be the one where I start swearing, because I try very hard not to, but that would just...
1: I feel like we'd be more entitled to swear on a Lupin the Third podcast. Lupin the Third isn't really a children's franchise.
0: No, yeah, no, it is not. Man, especially Green Jacket. Green Jacket is not for children. <laughs> I realize that social mores have changed, and maybe it was then, but it is not now. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, well, we have to go from talking about Lupin, Lupin the Third... Boy, Green Jacket theme song. They did not have the Lupin the Third theme yet. It is not it is not a good theme. They're trying. They're halfway there. They're not there. But uh, we have to go from something we love, like Lupin the Third, to talking about some of the, the problems and nitpicks we had in these two episodes of uh, Lupot. So Sona, why don't, why don't you start us off?
1: Okay, the fact that the monster in 33 thinks children can't be defiant Makes me wonder if he's ever been around, like, actual children, and not adults who are freaked out by being turned into children.
0: And, uh, yeah. And even then, the only reason I think the the adults who've been turned into children would be compliant is because they think that maybe this guy can turn them back into people who have the ability to, to provide a support structure for themselves. Because, boy, I bet being suddenly eight again would make it difficult to keep your job. Because... I mean I'm trying to think right okay I roll up, I roll in to work hey what's up turned into a little kid What you going to do uh let me let me just get up on my computer do you have like a, a riser thanks cuz like that's not that's not going to fly except it should cuz in a super Sentai universe people should be like oh yeah I got turned into a plant last week this stuff <laughs> happens problem, all dude. the time it's it's like uh, I it was listen to a podcast about Sailor Moon and like during the first season they're just like okay why are you people all still freaked out about large groups suddenly falling into comas y'all should be used to this there should be some infrastructure in place for this (laughs) because whatever humans are really into that week you know it's gonna try and put everyone in a coma to suck out their energy so just be prepared you guys come on don't get into trends yeah but on the other hand i will say uh it ain't immortality but there's a lot to be said for longevity and look wouldn't you like to have the kind of resilience and and just energy you had when you were 8 now that in my case you're like you're past you're in your mid 30s and you'd like to have some of that energy to just do things
1: oh yeah i mean like look i'd love to just if I could go back to being eight, but still have, like, my 30-year-old brain... Yeah. That would be the business.
0: Yeah. Of course, in this case, that is provided you can survive the Gangler, which... I mean, it's it's not a good proposition, because that's why you need Super Sentai, because if everyone was just going to be like, well, I've certainly been changed into an eight-year-old. Anyway, going about my day, I... Like, it wouldn't be... you just really need, like, a wizard... Not even, like, a group of them, just, like, one. All he needs is one spell to spell magic. There you go.
1: Though, also, I don't know why we need to flashback to the promise that the three of them made every single time we mention it. It's been 33 episodes, and we spent large parts of this episode discussing the fact that the Lupin Rangers are gathering the collection for the purpose of getting their loved ones back. We know what they're talking about it feels like they just wanted to fill, like, 30 seconds of
0: time. I mean, look, you ain't wrong. I mean, like, I will give some allowance to the idea that the kids who don't have adult brains, they, they might not yet have a great memory retention. Except I feel like I... I anyway, I don't... I don't know. But it, it's a bit much. Also, I just gotta say, like, as you're pointing out that they've been doing it a bit much, we did just have a clip show not like what three four episodes ago we just set this stuff back up come on now
1: and again like large portions of this episode talk about exactly what they're doing um and this this is fairly minor because i don't feel like anything will come of this but i'm worried that something will i Mm. there's something uncomfortable about kogure being able to totally replicate tsukasa's face and I hope that this was just a one-time thing for this gag, and that he doesn't, like, try and trick anyone in the police into thinking he's Sukasa, or I guess also Keitro and Sakuya, to, like, steal some collection pieces from the police. Like, it's one thing to dress himself as Kairi so that, like, the Lupin Rangers don't have their cover blown, but it would be really upsetting to see him basically ruin any of the Pot Ranger's careers and/or lives by impersonating them. Like, that's. It's one thing when it's people that are on your side, but don't, like, assume your enemy's face to go mess with them. That's uncomfortable. I mean,
0: that. No, it's true. I mean, first off, though, I have to say, I like that we are so set in the idea that in this world, police doing bad things would actually have consequences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what what a fantasy we're,
1: we're watching. I mean, like, look, Sakuya dumped soup on someone and they were gonna fire him.
0: Oh, that was... Man, that episode was so upsetting. Anyway, not not gonna get mad about that because there's actually good stuff. And, and stuff we're getting mad at here because I, I will say, though, like, Kugare, yes, he is a criminal, but I feel like, like Arsene Lupin, he's an honorable one, which... I, I'm not saying that makes it less creepy, because I totally get that. But uh, at least I feel like we don't have to worry about him punking half our heroes. Otherwise, I, I kind of think he would have already.
1: That's fair enough. It's just like, oh, you can you can totally just do a Tsukasa face. Um, Let that just be for this joke and never mention it again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like I don't want to see him do that with Hilltop, even though that would, like, if we're talking the the pure vicious non you know dishonorable criminal thing that'd be what you'd do hey everyone get out you have to you have to go do a thing uh Jim says it's cool I say go would you I okay boss and then you just rob the place blind that'd be very sad I'm glad they don't do that I don't want to see Hilltop's name besmirched I love that guy but yeah moving on sorry
1: uh so that that's it for 33 and going into 34, uh, hey, Lupin, buddy, this trap you set up to see who's worthy of your gun? Like, I get it on an emotional level that calls back to pretty much my favorite anime of all time, but my dude, that is super messed up. At least in Magic Knight Rare Earth, which is what I was referencing, it wasn't just like, oh, their loved one shows up and is like, hey, kill me. Like, they were being attacked by an image of whoever was most important to them to instill the clarity of the danger of their situation and drive home what they were trying to get back to. And I get that this is kind of the same thing, but also, like, there's there's degrees of good setup here, but if I were to break this down, like, next to that episode of Rayearth or that chapter in the manga... Uh, rare setup of Kill What You Love um, is, I would pick Clamp's setup over Komura's because this felt...
0: That's fair. That's fair. It was.
1: I'm also not totally comfortable with the way it played out and how it framed Toma and Umika as weak or unworthy for not being able to go through with literally murdering a defenseless image of their loved ones. While Kairi gets to be the cool guy with the new upgrade because he's all edgy and hardcore and doesn't care if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Like, something there just doesn't sit right. It feels like it erases the sacrifices that Toma and Umika have also had to make. And how it invalidates how important Aya and Shiho are to the two of them. Because... Toma and Umika still, like, threw away their whole lives to do this. Toma threw away his career, Umika left her family, and, like, dropped out of school. Like, they've- they've dealt with a lot, and Lupin's just like, Nah, you guys aren't good enough, because you won't shoot these people.
0: Yeah, and see, I'm- I'm right here for that, because- Look, Lupin, some folks don't want to chase treasure- for the rest of their lives, or be thieves the rest of their lives. That's not weak, that's just having different priorities. And I know that this is this is one of those things like, ah, yes, you must destroy your chains, but look, freedom is not found in crapping on societal expectations just because they're there. That's equally tying yourself to those societal expe- expectations just as hard because you have to rebel against them. Freedom means you get to go after the things you want, and the things toma and Umika seem to want. Yeah, sure, it does. They dovetail fairly nicely with what they're supposed to want. But you know, there's no shame in you want things you can actually have. We should all be so lucky to want the thing we can actually have. I mean, like, I could even get behind him being like, ah, yes kairi's the one who is worthy for it because he would do it because i mean look if, if lupin's using the gun that he definitely got from sentai jigen to find an heir then yeah sure you you want the guy who's gonna pull the trigger
1: not to interrupt but i totally also thought like was that jigen's gun did Cheegan's, yeah. did you set this trap up for Cheegan? Like, he's the only one who would go through with this to reclaim the gun? Because Lupin ain't gonna give his boyfriend's gun to just anyone.
0: And that's true. Because, I mean, like, look, how could he not set that trap up like that? We both love Lupin the Third, and, again, dear listener, y'all need to watch them Blue Jacket seasons. Otherwise you are missing out. <laughs> but, but back to the subject, um... Yeah, just Toma and Umika not pulling the trigger, that's not weakness. Nobody who even gets in front of a puzzle like that could partially qualify for the title of weak. They've they've seen and done some stuff that will put a lot of them in therapy for decades, and may mean that the people they get back no longer recognize them because they've seen and done some stuff. I mean, I, I appreciate the thing they're going for because they want to have, like, the the lynchy thing of if you see Buddha in the road, kill Buddha. A phrase which uh, refers to how you have to cleave yourself of your illusions in order to find enlightenment. Uh, and people like to have that in their media about growth and change, but, jeez, man, that's just not the road they're on. Toma and Umika have other ambitions. They don't want to be Lupin. They have no interest in being Lupin. They don't have the knack for being lupin apparently they just want their loved ones who are taken from them quite violently in a horrific manner that is again kind of nightmarish to just you know be okay dang it that's not weakness that's knowing the road they're on
1: and just the fact Weak. that this this How leads dare. to like Kyrie getting an upgrade when you could have had them all succeed Through saying, like, you know, Toma has that moment where he goes to Aya and he's like, I'm not doing this for you, I'm doing this for me. Like, why not have it be, like, I'm not just doing this for you, I'm doing it because there are other people who were hurt too, and they also have loved ones who want them back. And thus you could have Noel fail because he came by himself instead of as part of the team, and was maybe too focused only on the person he wants to save. And then have the Lupin Blaster be a team buster because Lord, when was the last time we had a team buster for everyone who's using Lupin's name? It feels like a missed opportunity, especially especially when you know we keep saying that this show leans very heavily into the dynamics of Lupin the Third. And as good as Lupin the Third is on his own, because you know there's a reason he's Lupin the Third. There's a lot of things he couldn't do or couldn't solve if he didn't have Jigen Goemon on and sometimes Fujiko riding with him.
0: Yeah, this is correct. Because look, much as it's nice to see some justification on a character level as opposed to like, oh, it's luck or destiny or his special bloodline or whatever for why the red gets the thing. I mean, I, I do wish the team could have worked together to get it. I think that would have been a lot more fun. Because it wouldn't even take a big change. Just do a variation on that time, uh, like Umika exploded her way out of the dream world. Or they could just find some other clever exploits to get through it. Pick a lock in their brains that was set down by Arsene Lupin. Which, look, if you can pick a lock or defeat a trap set by Lupin, a dude who kind of gets through all the traps because he's just that good that's i figure that's a task that's going to net you a magic gun slash robot you know i just i'm i'm very much with you because this is one of the better red only upgrades but it's also like
1: like when when was the last time we had a team up
0: yeah because i i appreciate that the other vs vehicles are getting shared around and and also honestly that Umika seems to have claimed uh scissors as her own which is good because that's honestly my favorite one but still it's it'd be nice to see a team upgrade but uh let's let's move away from things we didn't like and onto the bits we did enjoy through these episodes because wow there's some fun stuff throughout
1: there is um I love how often the Pot Ranger side of this show explicitly lays out the police are accountable to the public because dang right y'all are. Yeah. And even though I don't, I normally don't jump to the end of the episode right away, the fact that, you know, at Hilltop starts the show being like, we are accountable to the public and ends it with, hey, we all, like, y'all. Let them run around with that gun, but I should have made sure it was locked up better. And, you know, it's not his fault. He did lock it up, but...
0: You know, he doesn't know that these kids are master locksmiths, because they are the Lupin Rangers. But
1: he's like, "I'm, I'm going to take responsibility for this also. We all messed up a little, let's just... It'll be fine. Like, Hilltop is a good boss and a good guy, and he didn't have to take any responsibility... But he did, and I appreciate him.
0: Same. Same. He's He is the best boss you could imagine. I really hope that after the show ends, he gets a promotion out of this. I don't know what's higher than what he does, but he, he deserves it. Whatever it is. Or at least he he should get to tell everyone he's going to leave on vacation with his wife, because goodness knows, no matter how hardcore she is, and I think we've established that it's laser-knees-head cannon that she is stop-a-train-with-an-angry-look-level-hardcore. I feel like- yeah. I don't know if we established it, I feel like it's true, though. I feel
1: like we've talked about it.
0: Yeah. But she deserves not to have to worry that her awesome husband is going to get hurt while trying to protect his team of nerds, and also Tokyo. Just, it, she deserves a vacation after all this.
1: I appreciate also how easily everyone saw through Noelle trying to collect the Versus Changer as evidence <laughs> Like they're not dumb. They yeah, they didn't believe he was gonna take that to the police. Like he was gonna go give it back, and they know it.
0: Yep, which is it makes it a lot of fun, especially since unlike a certain plot element that I don't know will call amigo, uh, this is them picking up on an idea that has been seeded throughout the time Noel's been here, which is that the Pat Rangers don't entirely trust him and they run with it to give us a good comedic moment and also explain hey well why doesn't Noel just get the thing and give it back to them well cuz the cops Cause, don't trust him cuz
1: he tried to and they said no
0: yep they saw right through it because uh like he's charming he's not that great a liar
1: no he's he's been very upfront about what he's about and i appreciate that also man kyrie plays sukasa like a dang fiddle in this episode and it is great
0: it really is
1: the the kid playing tiny kairi has got some great timing and i hope he goes very far in this world also the the kid playing young Toma was uh young hikari from tokyo
0: was he yes good uh, i was i was hoping it's just i don't you know i don't always recognize faces yeah i'm no, glad that kid's still working
1: Yeah. No, especially with kids i have a very difficult time yeah. But a friend told me that that was, in fact, also young Hikari. And I'm like, good for him. Glad he's getting paid. Uh, but honestly, there's just a lot of great comedic timing in this episode. Like, you know, young Toma walks in and he's, he's going for the gun on the table. And Hilltop walks back in and is like, wait a second. There's not supposed to be a child in here. Like, he just, he gives him a really incredible look.
0: Yeah, it was really, really good. To- honestly- for all the for all the crap we pitch at Toei, all of it, which is deserved, like, they seriously, they they mess up a lot. They do a lot of dumb or bad things. For all that, they're very good at finding kid actors for their Sentai shows. Like, I'm honestly quite impressed at how well they were able to sell being these other characters and also being able to just nail the performances. Because those kids, they, they read like Kairi Umika and Toma. They just did i i don't know who gets the hat tip there but someone deserves one heck everyone deserves one really the the cast the crew the directors everyone just good good jobs all around of course i, I tip my hat to them but i haven't got a hat sorry that's my uh that's my really old looney tunes reference don't mind me
1: I also really appreciate that the show is taking the time to have Keitro at least try and understand the Lupin Rangers. Like, Noel doesn't give him much, but he is at least absorbing the fact that the Lupin Rangers aren't doing this for kicks, and is circling back around to being sympathetic, and is like, Hey, you want to maybe just explain what's going on so maybe we can work out a way that doesn't involve arresting everyone?
0: Which is so it's so good to see. And, and like, look, I, I don't know that he'll ever entirely get to and, you know, complete sympathy, but it, especially given the foreshadowing we're getting for Kyrie and 34, but it is nice to see him looking past the symptom, you know, crime, which he just hates so much, to start looking at the disease, which is powerlessness in the face of death compounded by a society unable to offer aid or support in a meaningful way, because I mean, as I, I said multiple times throughout our coverage, like, just crime doesn't appear out of nowhere, and it's good for especially people in the law business to have a bit of appreciation for the roots of crime, which are you know, not, wahaha ha ha I think I will disobey the law today for no reason because I'm so evil. But instead, you know, a complicated number of... of Sociological factors that uh, just, just make life difficult to the point where crime seems like the only other option, or the preferable option. Because, I mean, it's not like all criminals are only desperate. It's sometimes, well, the choice is the lawful thing that sucks, or the crime thing that sucks less. So crime.
1: And to, circle, to circle back to, to Kairi and Sukasa for a second... Um, I love that Tsukasa just has origami paper in her desk at work. Like, global police wouldn't be dealing with lost kids regularly. Like, they, they only dealt with it because Sakuya felt bad for them. Tsukasa was like, we'll take them to the police box, because that's what it's for. So she'd really have no reason to have a full, unopened package of origami paper at her desk, except that this is a hobby that she engages in during her breaks, lunch, coffee breaks whatever sukasa seems to just like doing origami and i love that this grown adult woman has multiple hobbies and happily and shamelessly engages in them in her day-to-day life because sukasa is the best she
0: really is and i will say i think that origami as a hobby speaks pretty well to a lot of what she's about cuz like first off you can use it to make cute animals even though you can't really snuggle up to paper ones in the same way as plush ones, but still, cute animals. But it is also a craft which rewards precision and a sure hand, which is something she seems really about. On top of also having just that, that singularity of focus and purpose, which is another thing she's amazing at. She's just... <sighs> Sukasa. Now just, like, hard eyes.
1: Like I said, Sukasa's the best. She is. I also just appreciate how much Kugure loves having great hair, 'cause I can relate to that. When my hair looks good, I too want
0: to flaunt it. And look, how could you not? There's a reason I keep mine long, like some kind of hippie, 'cause I I may not got much going for me, but I got an impressive mane, and it's, it feels nice to keep it in in like good shine. You know, get some get some get the good conditioner in there. We'll, we'll get the good shampoo, get the special formulated kind. It's it's nice treat yourself to some good hair care products folks it's i'm not going to say it's you know depending on your preferred poison there it can get kind of expensive at the same time boy it feels just nice to look in the mirror and just gleam because i mean skin skin's a pain clothes pain physical fitness oh god what a pain hair hair's relatively easy yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on. I I seem to be tangent prone tonight. But I'm uh, very in, sorry. In the
1: thirty four, uh, Gaucho's sentiment of it's not whether or not your hobby is useful; it's about it being fun. That's a great sentiment to give to the kids, especially in a culture that's generally very productivity driven. Not that as an American I get to really critique other cultures because mine is a dumpster fire. But um, I really wish the sentiment wasn't being framed in regards to a guy whose hobby is a gun by a lady whose hobby is violent human experimentation
0: yeah i mean like yeah it's it's a good message but i mean look here's the thing and and i want everyone to understand there's a big asterisk here we really should be all work to be more like gauche in the senses that we're leaving our best lives but less be misunderstood i let me emphasize that i do not honestly believe that anyone's best life involves experimentation on hu- on living, unanesthetized beings who don't have a choice to be there. Oh, actually, let me just back that up. Medical experimentation is not what you might call a hobby. Just sorry not sorry if I'm harshing anyone's mellow here. Like, it can be a hobby, but it's not acceptable as a hobby. Just don't.
1: It can be, but it probably shouldn't be.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna be real brave here. I'm gonna say more than shouldn't like don't do it. You are a bad person if you do that. However, for your non-medical experimentation-related hobbies, we should all definitely adopt Gosh's sentiment because that because yeah, your hobby is about enriching your soul because you're not a tool. You're not a thing. You're not a machine. You're a person. People have souls. Enrich yours with a hobby or a podcast or a passion that you can engage with on a deeper level than just turning your brain off. You deserve it.
1: I also appreciate that the show remembered that Sakiya is a really skilled marksman and has been leaning into that lately. Because hopefully if this show is only going to get give him one character trait at a time i hope this is the one they stick with for the rest of the show
0: yeah same especially since if he's only got that as his character trait at the time he's not going to be getting creepy on umika which in fairness he has not been for a a, for a minute it's been a bit and that's just nice i'm glad he's done with that
1: like it is it is the preferred thing for him to be doing also, they, they really gave uh, Cerbero a really clever fa- power. He doesn't just magically make the gun stronger. He can condense the oxygen around the combustion that fires the bullet. Like, he j- can just make a bigger explosion, which therefore makes the bullet at a higher velocity and thus more powerful. And that's really cool, and I appreciate that it's something a little more nuanced than just, I made the gun good.
0: No, I admit, Sono, I almost, almost want to fight you here. Uh, I'm not that suicidal, but almost. Because I do appreciate the times where they just have the monster basically just look at the camera and dare you to ask a single question about the nebulous nature of whatever their power is.
1: Oh no, I also love that. It's just, you know, I don't want that every single time.
0: Yeah, it's it's nice when they take the moment to just explain it.
1: Because then, like, if you've got some where it's explained and it's more of a thing, it actually helps me believe the other ones a little more. Because it's like, okay, they, like, they're, there's some nuance to their power. They just don't care to explain it. They don't got yeah. the time for me.
0: That's true. And, you know, a gun nut would be, would have, like, he wouldn't just say like, "No, I make it better." It's let me tell you about how I make it better. Because
1: let me explain my guns to you,
0: gun people. Like I have some friends who really like their who like their rifles. Please don't get it, get me wrong. I'm not insulting them. And it's there's a level where it's just like this is too much. I this is too much gun. I don't care. The physics are interesting. Uh, but anyway, it. I also I will say like as, even as I'm on. How, how much I enjoy sometimes, just, nope, make it better. Because I do like the, this little bit of nonsense physics. Especially because it explains why this monster would be specifically using comparatively outclassed conventional firearms. Because it's not like regular ballistics are going to do much against a sentai suit or monster, as, you know, displayed by the fact that they use them. But this dude makes it so that a regular gun is effective against a sentai, and that's kind of brilliant, actually. Uh, This was, uh, something like this was actually kind of the basis of a whole class in the role-playing game Rifts, which is not very good, uh, but I do have a lot of fondness for it anyway, because nostalgia lies to me constantly. I went back and looked up the rules. It's not a very elegant game, y'all.
1: It's what nostalgia will do. Uh, can I take a second to really give props to the woman playing Aya? Please do. Because Aya isn't around regularly, though she's been around more than Kairi's brother, whose name I either don't know or can't remember, and uh, Shiho, who is Umika's friend. Like, but there, she's not around enough for this woman playing her to really develop the character, Because she's only in a couple of scenes, maybe every ten episodes. But Aya always feels consistent and real on a level that Kairi's brother and Umika's friend don't quite hit. Like, I believe the two of them as characters, but Aya's relationship with Toma is the relationship that feels like it's the easiest to get emotionally invested in. Like, I don't really believe that kairi and his brother are brothers his brother feels like a caricature of the ideal big brother
0: he really does
1: and i feel like some of that is kairi as an unreliable narrator because we've only ever seen him through kairi's perspective but and you know shiho doesn't i don't really know like how i don't know how like her and umega are best friends but i don't really know why i don't really understand the basis for their relationship but Toma's actor and Aya's actress just play really well off of each other, where I I believe them as people who've known each other a significant amount of time and care enough about each other that they want to get married. And having looked her up, uh, Yuzuki Nagisa, who's the woman playing Aya, she seems to just be starting her career. The only other credit I could find was in 2017, but she seems like a really talented lady, and I hope we get to see her come back in a future Tokusatsu. Maybe you know, as a Scorpio esque like lady villain in Rider, or like a lady mentor, like a Miki esque lady uh mentor in a Sentai. I'd love to see more of her.
0: Same, same. And she I will, could of will... course have
1: a bigger role, but those that like that's my gut feeling of something I think she would really excel at.
0: No, I can get with that. Because, look, you are correct. She's really good. And the chemistry between her and Toma's actor really makes you believe they're a couple who's really close. Like, the kind of close where one of them will say a single, otherwise innocuous word in a certain way, and the other will just start busting out laughing. Like, that kind of close. Which is not to say that the kinds of closeness or intimacy anyone might have, which does not involve, you know little little secret in-jokes and stuff like that is a lesser kind of intimacy just that I get the impression between them that they've got that kind of thing going on and that all their friends find it mystifying which, I mean, the fact that I can have that big an impression of what they're like as a couple when I've only ever seen, what, like maybe across the entire series a minute if that, of them interacting, I mean, that's good she's really good
1: I'm, just, I'm glad all three Lupins realized they were in an illusion immediately, because uh, it's it's the sort of thing that I don't have a ton of patience any for anymore, having consumed years worth of media in my lifetime. Um, unless the people in the illusion clearly have their senses and memory altered so they won't realize they're suddenly somewhere else. Like when... They were in, like, when Keiichiro was in the illusion previously that Umika was in and knew she was in, uh, like, that altered his state of mind, so he just thought he had always been there and was living this happy life as a cop. And like, that was as so a, sad. Yeah. But, like, for them to, like, be aware that they weren't in this place a minute ago, but then not think it's weird that suddenly, like, Toma's in his apartment with his dead fiancé... Like I don't have the patience for that anymore.
0: No. Same. Same. Especially since I, I appreciate that the illusions themselves don't try to keep up the illusion. It's it's nice to see it's it's just there to do a thing. It is a trap with a very certain purpose to see if you will attack an image of a person you love as a way to test your resolve for being a thief. So making it into some big old pretend thing honestly would be silly and yet so many adventure stories do that anyway and it's so fr- it's it's so silly you don't have the time don't waste our time thank you uh lupin ranger for not met- wasting our time and look i didn't say anything before cuz i know we ha- we have a little bit of fun in our in our bad stuff bits figuring out like a no prize solution for why the things we didn't like might have happened but In this one, I just, I would have outed out, disagreed with you, and I feel like that would have been bad form. Just, you know, in that section, because... Actually, Sono, you don't think what you think or feel what you feel about this thing. That's just, that's not how we do. Because me, I I was over here loving it, because... As mean as it was, and it is mean, I love when a a trap like this is set up as... So are you a monster? Because that's an interesting bit of character revelation when you get the character who is a monster or when the hero pushes back against it or around it or finds a way through it. I mean, sure. The latter mostly happens when it's a memory altering illusion, like, uh, for the man who has everything, uh, it's an old, uh, Superman issue and an episode of the animated series where they, this sort of thing happened. I, I'm just very fond of it. I, it's, it, I was really excited by it anyway.
1: I think it's just that I've seen versions of this actually in two of my favorite anime that I liked I liked the way they were done better.
0: Uh, uh, well, both, see <laughs>
1: both, both Ray Earth and Guren Lagann do versions of this. Uh, Gurren Guren Lagann's is cl- actually a lot closer to the way Lupin Ranger did it where it, in Guren Lagann it's just they make the choice to leave. Nice. Like they, you're not. They're not asked to kill anyone. because uh, it's it's not for the same reason. Um, mm. it's Makes a, sense. the reason is a lot closer to uh that like the time Keichiro and Umika were in the dream. But it's just like oh, you you get to go back to this this idyllic life that you can't lead because you're in this war against horrible space beings, and you have to you have to make the choice to stay or go. Um, and, you know, in Rare Earth, it's, they have to go get this stuff to make magic fantasy, essentially video game weapons for themselves, and, you know, it's like, fight the person you care about most. And they're all like, whoa, that's messed up. But we're gonna do it because these aren't really the people we love and the only way for us to get back to the real versions of what we're seeing is for us to go through with this and hmm. complete this journey that we're on so that we can be let released back to our own world and it's just i there are other, i've seen other versions of this that i've liked a lot better
0: oh yeah i mean i'm i'm not saying this is the the like even a top 5 version of it i just I'm just very fond of when they do that sort of thing. As As a trope, it is, I'm fond of it.
1: It was too mean for me. <laughs> oh, that's, and look,
0: again, that's why I wanted to, like, put some distance between it, because I don't want you to think I'm telling you you're wrong to think yeah, that. Yeah,
1: no. and, like, I'm not telling you you're wrong for enjoying it. That's not what we do here.
0: It, we, we, man, we sure try not to. I think there have been some times I might have been a little shorter than I meant to be. I don't know. I I hope not, but
1: I can't think of any.
0: So We're just we're just always trying to be cool. Anyway, let's let's move on from there. Sorry.
1: Uh, poor Goody trying to like wake up Noel and how like stressed he was over the fact that Noel got caught in this trap. And then, you know, Noel starts waking up and Goody's like cuddling against him. Like that was really cute. I want like a full episode just about Noel and Good Striker's prior relationship because like, Good Striker seems to love him just so much.
0: Yeah, I I wanted for that, too, because... I, I mean, I like to think it's probably going to happen, because it seems like before the end we're going to have to get... Alright, well, what is Noel's deal? The episode? Which would be... I mean, it wouldn't be exactly a full episode thing, but... Though if they did do a full episode of just both of them, uh, it'll, like, first we'll probably find out who Noelle's special someone is. Because Noel is trying to get someone back too. That's the implication. But from there, it'll it'll be like Goody taking Noel back to the thinking about stuffed swing set that him and Kyrie were at, and we'll get to see his little rocket boost push on the swing. While Noel like looks into the middle distance, and they like have a conversation about emotions and their hearts and stuff. And and look for what it's not the first time. I'm sure. I don't remember. Uh, it just occurs to me that Goody and Herbie the Love Bug have similar origin stories. You know, objects that are loved so hard that they become alive. And that just makes me happy. Because most modern attempts to redo uh, Herbie the Love Bug have been, uh, terrible. Just bad. Just not. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that the originals were what you might call high cinema to begin with. But, whoo! <laughs> One of them actually tried to turn say Herbie was like a science experiment by Nazis. Well, because Volkswagen
1: Uh, was... I I guess.
0: Yeah, but it's just like guys, just stop. Just stop. You're better than that, Disney. Except in some years, no, it's not. There have been many years where no, it's not. But, I'm I mean, getting like, off the topic.
1: To, to double down on, on this, like, I, I want this because, like, man, the look that Noel gives Lupin when he's showing up and talking to Kyrie, if yeah. that's what's going on, like, it's I don't know if that was, like, a hologram that he set up or what was going on there, but, like, man, Noel was given a look. That and was... And I, I really yeah. want to know what noel has got going on.
0: Same same. Our dude is so hardcore and I admire that about him and I don't know what he's reacting to. I just know that he is reacting strongly and it makes me happy.
1: Like his his whole heart just happened. Yeah. And I don't I don't know in what capacity but man, I want to.
0: Yeah, same. same. I want to he's, know. He's just so tired of everyone's crap. This nonsense cops and robbers game. You guys should work together. There's monsters. Get me back my collection. Just I. So no, I did not think I would like him. He I didn't just,
1: either. On we paper. Shouldn't.
0: Yeah, on paper, he's the worst guy. He's just absolute garbage. He threw his own welcoming party. But he's he did that it guy. so that he could
1: get them all together in one place to have a good time.
0: Yep. Yep. He um. Man, I want. Okay, y'all, you you've heard me go on about how much I wish the the Common Rider Super Sentai crossover movies just leaned into that fanfiction nonsense. I just I want Noelle and Gentro from Forza to hang out, just get weepy about the concept of friendship, and then it then the rest of the movie is just Gentro and the rest of the Common Rider club having to track Noel down because he stole the the Forza driver.
1: Oh, he had to borrow it. He needed it. And yeah forth,
0: but... And he just, he didn't know that you could really, like, all you have to do is just ask. Like, that's the reason the villains have never beat Gentro. Because none of them would even, because, you know, they're jerks. So they'd never imagined you could just go up to him and be like, hey, man, can I borrow your driver? Because he'd just be like, oh, yeah, sure.
1: Man, you could just go up to him and say, like, hey, can I have that? Like, I just want it. And he'd be like, oh, yeah. Cheers now, buddy. Have fun.
0: You, Ken- do you know how and, it works. And Ken- oh Kengo's yeah. Kengo's
1: just like cool. three feet away, losing his mind. Like, no, 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 you can't do that.
0: He just snatches it out of their hand. He can't give that to you. Why not? It's mine. Don't give them things that don't belong to you. Sorry. Zz. over here being the anti Noel.
1: Kengo, Kengo loves him. He loves him to death, but he's so tired.
0: Yeah. <laughs> can we just can we just go somewhere without you just giving? Everyone, $5. Well, but I've got $5. You don't anymore. You gave it away. It's cool. Well, how are you going to pay for lunch now? Oh, it's cool. I know that guy. He owes me a favor. What's up? Oh, Genshin. Free lunch. You got it. You know your money's no good here. Tango's so tired. (laughs) So tired. Anyway, sorry. Forza.
1: (sighs) But I I gotta say, the insert songs that were in these two episodes were great and yeah. I like them a lot better than snapping the opening in half and shoving one in depending on who's fighting um, It does work th- as well This show has a really good soundtrack
0: By and large, yeah It's it's one of the better ones Only because we notice it Because a lot of Sentai soundtracks, they just sort of fade I mean, it's, it's no tokyuger. No. And it's but, pretty good But look I mean, that there's only so much you can ask.
1: And I gotta, I gotta just tack on that Kyrie pretending to be the voice of the Lupin Magnum, and, like, teasing Umika to be like, no, you can't see it because he said no. Like, that was
0: adorable. Yeah, it was really cute. I... It is those moments that I really like with the Lupins. Because, you know, the Pat Rangers, they're all friends from work. They all know each other. They all hang out. The Lupins, they're, like... Sometimes I wish they would crack wise about different subjects, but I do admire their their like sort of just nudge nudge wink wink humor. Even though again, like y'all need to stop making fun of Toma just because he looks amazing in spandex.
1: Yeah. Also, the bit of Toma being like, "Oh man, so the trap got you too, Noel, huh?" Noel's like, "Yeah, it got me."
0: I I <laughs> like that bit <laughs> of commiseration.
1: Guns. Like, that that was really sweet. To- Toma and Noelle actually have some really good chemistry together. They really do.
0: And it all works because of that one episode where it's like, no, I still don't trust you, but I respect your craftsmanship. Just, like, they never have to say it, but it's in every interaction between them. It's like, "I look, I trust you to take care of the, the Lupin collection. Okay, but do you trust me to borrow $10? No. No. L- don't be stupid but I bought you all those nice supplies so I could make you food. Okay, don't... don't get it twisted. I will end you, bro. Ah, you'll try. Uh, poor... poor Noelle. Toma is almost painfully straight. Anyway, um... Sorry, folks, I I don't mean to be so tangent-prone. Um... Let's all take a quick look at the Lupin Collection this time through, because got two more pieces
1: okay 33 was the fan section of the turbo brace from turbo ranger
0: and uh, there's not
1: i don't think there's i don't know turbo ranger so i don't know if there's much more to say about that
0: well uh one thing we can say is that uh the piece's name in the collection is when translated literally the storm holder which does not really seem to be the name of any songs i could find but will almost certainly be the name of a magic item in a D&D game I run sometime, because that is a good name, the Storm Holder.
1: That sounds like a D&D item.
0: Yeah. Also, um, speaking of things that hold storms, there's one of those in Netflix's The Dragon Prince, which, look, if any of y'all enjoyed Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, it's some of the best folks from that peeling off to do their own kind of middling, at least in animation quality, because it's it's computers and computer animation gets weird. Um, but they're basically just doing Avatar again, but they changed the desktop theme to D&D instead of uh, kind of generic Asian fantasy. So y'all might want to try it. It's good. Um, anyway, it is asserted by Ranger Wiki. And look, I, I can't call them all folks. Sorry. Uh, that the name The Stormholder is a reference to the Doors song Riders on the Storm. And while I can't prove that's true one way or another, I really like that song, so that's what's going to go in the As Mentioned.
1: Um, 34 uh, was very clearly the 10-sounder from Ghost Ager, Spray-Painted Gray.
0: Yep. I, that, I, look. that
1: sure was just the 10-sounder.
0: It really was. I, I was happy. I'm happy every time there's one I recognize. Because I did recognize that one. Because like you said, it's just that head. It's just, but it's... it Anyway, but its name in the collection translates to These Walls. Appropriate, seeing how uh, Carabro used it. And how it kept evoking a certain elemental effect to create those eponymous walls. Uh, the musical inspiration... Was from all over the place, because there was actually a fair few songs called These Walls. Uh, and I couldn't decide which one I liked best. So I'm going to be linking to both the Kendrick Lamar song, by that name, and the Dream Theater versions in the As Mentioned. Because, um, I don't know, hip-hop or some prog rock? Why not both? Uh, if someone who's good at mashups could mash them up, feel free. We believe in you. It'd be very difficult, I think, but you know, go for it. If it's if that's it's a challenge, it's a better thing to, it's a better mountain to climb.
1: Um, I'm also I don't think I'm right about this one, uh, because it's a piece of the collection that the team is using, and you know, doesn't have a French name that's a song title. But the Lupin Magnum reminds me a lot of Gokaidra's Galleon Buster. It's not as one-to-one as a good percentage of the Lupin collection, such as the Ten Sounder spray-painted gray, but it has a very similar silhouette. I mean, clearly it's not double barrel, and it's a little different, but it's- a lot of the shapes are the same. I can
0: Um, see that, though.
1: Yeah. Which, like, it just adds to my disappointment that it's not a team buster, because the Galleon Buster may have been the last one that we had, quite frankly. Um, Actually, yeah. Wow. Which is disappointing. That but is. I, d- I don't think that I'm correct about this one, and it's just kind of coincidentally a similar shape. But I saw it, and I th- I was thinking it, the- like, the instant it was on screen. I'm like, is that the Galleon Buster? And I looked it up, and I looked at them side by side, and it's, it's probably not. But,
0: but, but it, it does, does have some... Some of the shapes and proportions in common.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I'm gonna put that one out there. I- it's not official, I don't think it actually is, but I saw it and I wanted to bring it up.
0: And look, that's how we roll up in here. Uh, now then, uh, to sort of close this out, I did have a couple- like, well, just one prediction. I think I already basically made it, but I'm gonna throw it out again. Um, I'm just- still jazzed at the thought of one of our heroes staying a criminal at the end of the show, and leaving us with a proper Lupin versus Pat Ranger thing happening on the way out, because I just, I dig the thought that maybe Kairi has just found his calling in phantom thievery. Um, And also just, as as a small side thing to bring up, um, I appreciate that we're calling it phantom thieving instead of gentleman thieving nowadays. I've always had a weakness for the title of Gentleman Thief, but it is rather gender-specific, isn't it? Uh, Phantom Thief leans more on the air of mystery that goes along with those methodologies, and I am here for it.
1: I also kind of dig on the idea of this show ending with Keitro and Kyrie specifically having the ongoing kind of, like, respectful frenemies that Zenigata and Lupin—just that dynamic. Mm. But I really need them to lean more into Kyrie as a Lupin figure— Who's just like, he just enjoys this. Like, he's just like, oh wow, this is actually kind of fun. I don't want to hurt anyone, I don't want to do any real damage. But the actual, like, showing up places and being cool and swinging around and wearing swag clothes, I'm into that. Unless um, that he's just an angsty teenager who really wants his brother's approval but also wants to rebel against him. Because that's starting to wear super thin on me, especially with how much the show has started glorifying it. Mm. Because, like, look, I dropped Harry Potter after book five for a reason.
0: And look, that was- if there was a place to drop it that wasn't from the off, that would have been the place.
1: I was never super interested, but I had friends who were- like, my closest friends at the time were way, way into it. Same. So, I was reading them, I liked three a lot- I read four and was like, this is stupid. Every part of this book is, oh my god, is Harry going to die? And this book is 500 pages long, and I know there's going to be three more books. So it was really hard for me to engage with the fourth book. And then I read five, and I'm like, you're a bunch of angsty 16-year-olds who are just being jerks. I don't... And then it was like a year and a half or something until the next book. And I just, I couldn't care long
0: enough that's look that's legit cause yeah I mean to sort of spin out from there like I do want Kairi to be a rebel but uh if you're gonna be a rebel don't be a snot nosed little punk about it especially not if you're in a super senti. bruv rebel like a boss you know who rebels like a boss Captain, Captain Marvelous, Marvelous. <laughs> I love how we both just like hey who's the super sentai rebel Captain Marvelous
1: yeah, no cause like I was about to say, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want him to just be, like, angsty book five Harry Potter. I want him to, like, if he's gonna be this, like, swag, hot-blooded, charismatic criminal, I want him to be Captain Marvelous. I want yeah. him to
0: own it. Yeah, because, I mean, look, you you don't go from zero to Captain Marvel, but he's halfway there already. Because, I mean, just, hey, what's up? We're those thieves everyone's always talking about we're here to take your stuff like that's a pretty good entrance just keep that up bring that into your everyday dude i know that you know it's good to have a good work work work-life balance but you've already thrown that out the window we've seen your room just you know what own it like sono said just own it
1: just you walk into a room and be like yo we're pirates we don't care like just god it's so hard when Captain Marvelous exists and I'm just like but you could be that. Yeah.
0: Like I understand that he's a he's a callow youth and he needs to grow up etc 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 but Kyrie I get
1: I get that Kyrie's like 19 and Captain Marvelous was like 22, 23 whatever, you know, didn't have a normal life and had spent pretty much all of his time becoming Captain Marvelous. But still.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just figure it out, Kyrie. You're you're smart enough. You're good enough. You're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. Except for the gangler, but that's okay. They're jerks. You don't want them to like you. Just spend more with the swinging and the being cocky, and less with like, uh, arg, my brother, and then like punching random people in the face. I know he hasn't literally done that, but you know, figuratively.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, look, he's not Luca. He's marvelous. <laughs> He's, he's aiming for Marvelous, not yeah. Luca. Did y'all know that I don't like Luca?
0: Yeah, I never know how to react to it. But, you know what? I'm not she, gonna fight she, you on dug it. Her, she it,
1: dug her own grave on that one. Yeah, I tried.
0: It, look, look, you paper, explained your you explained your reasoning, and I'm not gonna fight you on it.
1: Yeah, On paper, I should love Luca. I wanted to. I tried really hard. And she made it so I couldn't. So, here we are.
0: But on that note, uh, do we have any final thoughts? Because I, I feel like that was most of them. Uh.
1: Uh, no, I think that's really it.
0: Uh, so then, for Laser Knees and the rest of the Toll Network, I'm Aleph.
1: And I'm Sonic.
0: And don't get kicked by a horse and die.